0: Back control looking. Deep padded downfield touchdown,
1: Miami. What a throw to Parker. Holy smokes, what a
2: drive. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. It is Thursday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football and on today's show we're going to have this one short and sweet we're going to hear from coach Flores on his Thursday morning media availability and we're going to talk to Dolphins linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle we talked about a lot of things from favorite movie to his favorite band which spoiler alert it's ACDC we talked about steak Thanksgiving food and the crazy off-season regimen he's had to put on several times in his life to add weight and to add strength. Talking about his work ethic, where he came from in small-town Rock Valley, Iowa, to the National Football League and making big plays and being the center stage on Good Morning Football twice each of the last two weeks. All of that and more with Andrew Van Ginkle on this Thursday, November the 26th edition of the Drive Time Podcast.
1: That's another Miami Dolphins.
2: And let's go ahead... And jump in first with Andrew Van Ginkle. But first, I got to tell you guys about AutoNation. The new year starts now at AutoNation. Let's skip the rest of 2020 and get to big New Year savings on your favorite AutoNation Chevys, Fords, Toyotas, Hondas, and more. Shop safely at the AutoNation store near you or AutoNation.com where Dolphins fans can save right now. Let's go ahead and jump right into my interview with Dolphins linebacker, Andrew Van Ginkle. And joining me now on the Drive Time Podcast is Dolphins linebacker, second year out of Wisconsin, Andrew Van Ginkle. Andrew, how you doing, man?
3: Good, good. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, of course. We, we appreciate you coming on right now. And I like to kind of start these podcast interviews off with a little rapid fire session here to kind of loosen it up and, and get to get to know you a little bit here. You, you ready for that? Yep. Okay, here we go. So what is your favorite movie, Andrew?
3: Uh, I'd have to go with Step Brothers.
2: Step That's a
3: great, great
2: selection. I think I think the Will Ferrell catalog is just tremendous. Is he, is he your favorite actor?
3: Oh. oh, yeah. He's definitely up there for <laughs> sure.
2: That's a good answer. We're, <laughs> off, we're off to a great start. How about your favorite food?
3: Uh, I'd have to go with steak. You know, it kind of grew up on it, so can't go wrong with a nice, juicy steak.
2: And how about your favorite musician, band, or song?
3: Yeah, I'd have to go with ACDC. Nice. Um, yeah, you know, can't go wrong with that, for what, sure.
2: What song of theirs?
3: Probably "Thunderstruck."
2: <laughs> that, that's the classic, right? I mean, you can't go wrong with the classics. That's why they are <laughs> what they are. Uh, here's, here's, right. a, here's one that'll make you laugh for sure. What's your preferred conditioner, Andrew?
3: <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I've used many, so <laughs> um, right now I'd probably go with Dove.
2: <laughs> there you go. Are you a turkey or ham guy on Thanksgiving?
3: Ham. Really? Yeah.
2: Really? That, that's an upset.
3: Yeah, I gotta go with ham.
2: Interesting. That's. I think Coach Flores was saying on Wednesday that on Wednesday morning that he's a turkey and ham guy. So hey, why not both? That's my philosophy.
3: No, yeah, why not both? For real?
2: <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving coming up. What is what is the best part of Thanksgiving? You know, in the Van Ginkle family.
3: Uh, just being able to spend time with my family and play cards for sure. I you know I enjoy playing cards and my family does too. So
2: you might have opened up a can of worms there. I love me some cards. What's the go-to game?
3: We play a lot of Shanghai, which you know it's kind of like a rummy game, um, or you know like Rook is a famous one.
2: All right, let's, let's go ahead and sure. shake off the cobwebs here a little bit loose. We'll get going. I, I do want to go back to your youth, your earlier days. You grew up in a town called Rock Valley in Iowa. What was Rock Valley like?
3: Oh, man, small town, one street light, you know, everybody's biking everywhere. And um, just a small town that, you know, everybody knows everybody and every little thing that you do.
2: Was it was it a bit of a culture shock when you came to South Florida? You go from you go from one traffic light to an area where nobody uses our turn signal. How's that working for you?
3: For real, and you sit in traffic for you know <laughs> twenty minutes just to get a mile.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the the one that frustrates me the most is when you get at a stoplight and you have to wait like three turns just to get through it.
3: Yeah, yeah, that bothers me too. <laughs> or when you're trying to turn left in the arrows red, but no one's caught there's no oncoming traffic
2: yes yes what what's the point here? That bothers me the, the old adage, <laughs> like we can put a man on the moon but we can't figure out traffic signals what, what are we what are we doing here
3: yeah you think they'd have to figure it
2: out <laughs> you think so man maybe maybe, <laughs> that, maybe that's in the future for us um so so back in in rock valley i read that you were a high school quarterback what would what would andrew van ginkle the outside linebacker or kind of does it all defender what would your scouting report be on andrew van ginkle the high school quarterback
3: scrambling quarterback uh (laughs) very very inconsistent with his throws
2: (laughs) so so you wind up out of out of rock valley go to the university of south dakota what was the transition like for you going from you know playing uh, it said you were a quarterback and defensive back you can correct me if i'm wrong on that but going from that to playing down in the trenches and, and that linebacker position how was that transition for you
3: it was a little bit of an adjustment period you know um because I played a little bit of linebacker in high school so but I never really experienced it fully so uh it was definitely a shock and uh, something that took a little while to get used to.
2: And and then from there you wind up at Iron Iowa Western easy for me to say what what brought you from South Dakota to Iowa Jeez, I can't say it to Iowa Western.
3: Uh just playing at a higher level. You know, I've always dreamed of playing at like an Iowa or a Big 10 school so um, just knowing that that was a chance for me to showcase my skills and, um, you know, kind of go prove myself.
2: You wind up from Iowa Western to uh, Wisconsin, and, you know, I, I got to ask you this, Andrew, because one of my groomsmen at my wedding is a Minnesota Gopher, and he I didn't know this, but he despises both the Packers and the Badgers. Is that a pretty common Midwest rivalry? Like, do you guys not like the other one the same way my buddy doesn't?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, that tradition's been going on for I think 113 years or so so um you know it's kind of a one of those things where you just you want to beat them year in and year out and um yeah it's something that you know Wisconsin and Minnesota take pride in for sure
2: no I I don't know I know the Big Ten has a lot of those trophy games is there a trophy in, in that game
3: yep yeah they play for the axe
2: the axe. that's right that's a great one
3: yeah, it's yeah, you can't beat that one for sure.
2: Did you get a chance to swing the axe when you were uh taking some dubs from from Minnesota?
3: <laughs> no, that was actually, you know, that was the first time we lost to them in about 13 or 14 years or something, so uh, it was my senior year. And usually at Wisconsin, they only let the seniors chop the axe, okay. so um that one that one stung pretty bad.
2: I'm sorry to open up old wounds, Andrew, my bad man.
3: Yeah, way to go. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, hey, hey, it's working out today now in the NFL. And, you know, all those stops along the way to the touchdown in the Big Ten championship game. I, I remember seeing that play live and asking myself, who is this guy? What a play. But I'm wondering, what I'm wondering is, at what point along that road, that kind of circuitous path, did you realize that you had NFL potential?
3: You know, going into that year, I didn't really know it. But then at the end of the year, I had a few sacks and made a couple of plays at the end of the year. So that's when I really started to, you know, invest my time and eating habits into, you know, making the NFL and, you know, going out and having a great senior year and um, do ball out and play the best I could, you know, to give myself a chance.
2: You provide me with a great segue there because you wind up in Miami as a pro and you start the, your rookie season on injury reserve and come back and you're productive, but you obviously weren't satisfied with that. I've heard you, Coach Boyer, Coach Clark flow, Everybody talks about your desire to get stronger in the off season and how that was a big goal for you. I'm curious, what does that regiment look like? And did you also have to bulk up in college right away? Because I'm, I'm always blown away by guys that go from, you know, what is it, two two ten as a, a high school senior, and then by the time they're a sophomore in college, they're like two sixty. Like, what is your, how does Andrew Van Ginkle put on the weight and get stronger?
3: Right, and it's something I, I've always struggled with. You know, coming out of high school, I was about two hundred pounds, so. My redshirt year at uh, South Dakota, I ended up putting on 20, 30 pounds right away my redshirt year. So um, it's something that I've always had to do. And, you know, obviously last year, just realizing how big and strong these tackles and tight ends are, you know, I got to do something to give myself a better chance to be more dominant and make plays. So um, I knew it was something I had to do, putting on strength and adding more um, pounds to me. So you know, I spent a lot of time this off season putting on, you know, a solid five to seven pounds of muscle.
2: That's impressive. I, I, back when I was in high school, I was trying to do something similar, you know, add more weight and I would go with the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and the protein drink every night. Does that, does that ring a bell to you at all? Peanut butter and jelly?
3: (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I had some really good friends at South Dakota too, and I was living with, um, a couple of my buddies and, you know, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and eat a PBJ or, you know, eat ice cream and peanut butters, whatever I d- could do to put on some weight. So, you know, I tried it all.
2: So I th- I think I've heard that before. Is it where you, like, set an alarm and you wake yourself up to go eat because it's, like, better metabolism? Is that kind of in the right ballpark?
3: Yeah, yeah, because you're burning it off throughout the night. So, you know, it's, you can get more in you. Um, obviously, the better, so...
2: Well, maybe I'm trained for that now because I've got a six-month-old daughter. Now I'm, I'm learning about waking up in the middle of the night about three or four times a night. So maybe I'll maybe I'll get that PB and J and the protein drink, uh, drink going at three o'clock.
3: In the morning. <laughs> there you go. Start
2: start looking yeah. like an outside linebacker in the NFL, like Andrew Van Ginkle. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so you know, the reason I wanted to kind of go over your history here, Andrew, and I kind of asked about it a little bit earlier, but to kind of go back to that. Um, you know, an unconventional path. And that's the thing I love in the NFL is there are so many guys like that. Like one of my favorite all-time players is Cam Wake, you know, defensive end for the Dolphins that has a billion sacks. And he had to go to the CFL and, and undrafted and all that stuff where it was a tough route. And he looks back on his, his time in those days when he really, you know, he learned about himself and he learned how to get into that shape. I'm curious with the unconventional path, like, is, is there something about that that helps shape you and kind of make you who you are today and the player you are today and maybe give you more appreciation for now that you are here in the NFL making plays on a weekly basis?
3: Right. You know, it, it puts a chip on your shoulder knowing that um, not everything's going to be easy and you got to start from the ground up. So um, it definitely helps you stay motivated and hungry. So um, you, you know that what it, being at the bottom, it's, you know it's tough down there. So you always want to push yourself to work to get to the top.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I you know that's a good, a good segue into the next question here because you've got now what is five potential game-changing plays in the last six games for the Dolphins. And I asked Coach Boyer earlier in the week if there were specific traits that allows a player to show up for these big moments because Coach Flores talks about those splash plays are great, but we like to evaluate the other you know 990 snaps is what he always talks about on a 1,000-snap season. But the big plays do matter, like in a big way, obviously. And so my question to you is, is there some some specific traits that contribute to the splash play and, and make make your ability to make those plays improve?
3: You know, I think it's just about putting yourself in the right position and doing everything the coach asks you to do. You know, I try to be 100% on my assignments and just be right, be in the right spot, you know, always around the ball or, you know, just doing my job, setting the edge and then finding my way towards the ball. And, you know, if you do that, at the end of the day, good things are going to happen.
2: And good things have been happening for you. And you know where else good things happen is at the edge position there at Wisconsin. Now I wanted to ask you this because we've had debates for DBU. Penn State always lays the claim to linebacker you, which you might have something to say about that. But I'm wondering, is Wisconsin officially edge you? Because you got the Watt brothers, you got yourself, you got Vince Beagle, you got Zach Bond. Is Wisconsin where you got to go to become an edge in the NFL?
3: Man, it's got to be up there. You know, just seeing what they do with their athletes and the kids that they bring in, you know, they they surely shape them to be the best players that they can be. So, you know, if it was up to me, I would say yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously biased on that one.
2: <laughs> That's fine. That's why I wanted to ask you. <laughs> I might suggest that maybe it's all those 320-pound corn-fed offensive linemen you have to go against and practice every day.
3: Right, yeah. You, yeah, you know, good competition too is gonna always bring the best out of you so yeah you can't go wrong with big offensive line
2: (laughs) no not at all you you talk about the good competition there I was looking over again some research on your background and I saw that you had offers to obviously Wisconsin Iowa Nebraska Pitt Minnesota among others what was the deciding factor for you going to Wisconsin was there ever a choice to go anywhere in your mind besides Wisconsin
3: yeah you know I, I held my recruitment process open and you know, ultimately, the deciding factor is being able to play in the outside linebacker position that they have there. And, you know, just seeing the production of the guys before me, like you said, Watt and uh, Vince Beagle and Schobert and all these guys. So um, it's definitely something that I saw in my game and, you know, wanted to be a part of.
2: You mentioned Vince Beagle there, and you've also got Michael Dieter on the Dolphins now as well. With, no, I I haven't heard it this year, but I did hear it a couple times last year at the stadium. They would play jump around, I think just in random spurts of the, of the stadium. Did you guys kind of like lock eyes when that comes on and be like, "All right, guys, this this is Badger time?"
3: <laughs> no, we never did, but um you know, it it's a special place in our hearts. So, whenever we hear that song, it um it means a lot to us and you know, we take pride in that for sure.
2: I've got Andrew Van Ginkle, Dolphins linebacker here on the Drive Time Podcast. A couple more questions for you, Andrew. I'll let you get out of here. And, you know, to the outside and maybe the media as well, you might be kind of known as a quiet guy. So I I asked Coach Danny Crossman this week, you know, is there more to this guy that we aren't seeing? And he said, there might be a little more juice with Andrew than he lets on. Is there like a topic or a specific setting that kind of lets you, and pardon the pun here, pardon the, the bad reference, that kind of lets you let your hair down, so to speak?
3: Yeah, I like being in smaller groups. Um, you know, I'm not a very big public speaker or getting up in front of people and being the rah-rah type of guy. But um, you know, if it's just me and a couple guys, or you know, uh, you know, a small setting, I can be. I'm more open and um, definitely bring out more of myself.
2: So you mentioned AC/DC earlier, and I, I gotta know. And tell me if you're sick of talking about it. And we can just shut up about it. But I wouldn't be doing my job, Andrew, if I didn't ask you about the hair. You mentioned AC/DC. Is that the inspiration behind the main? Is there something else? Like, where does the, the, the Golden Locks come from?
3: <laughs> Honestly, just when I got to South Dakota, I never really went to a barber, so I <laughs> uh, just kind of just went with the flow and just grew it out, you know. It didn't stem from anything. It's just more about not getting a haircut more than anything, but...
2: Shoot, there might be a, a bunch more people following your footsteps with, uh, you know, the, the restrictions of COVID nineteen right now. People staying inside, not getting their haircut, might, might have some more Andrew Van Ginkels out there.
3: Right, exactly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with
2: that. No, hey, Dave, hey, the more the merrier, right? So I got to ask you this because I saw it on. Uh, I, it's been a couple of weeks in a row now. It was it was today on Wednesday. Did you happen to see the Good Morning Football segment or or segments? And they have this game called Which Guy Wednesday. And they asked, "Who would you rather? Ha- who would you rather take? Which guy on Wednesday?" The entire crew took you over John Claude Van Dam and Peter Schrager of of NFL Network referenced that when he wore your jersey on the show. I'm curious if you saw that, and how did you feel about taking down Van Dam on Good Morning Football? Or maybe this is the first time you've heard of that.
3: Uh, it's the first time I heard of that. So, <laughs> uh, but man, that, no, that's awesome. And you know, I had a couple guys send me the clips of him pulling out my jersey last week and you know it's it's a special feeling you know you know it's not something that you always think of and when it happens to you it's it's kind of surreal so um yeah I'm just kind of living in the moment and enjoying it so Uh,
2: that's a that's a perfect way to end it right there Andrew Van Ginkle Dolphins linebacker special teamer pass rusher coverage man run defender he really does it all Andrew thank you so much for your time today man and have a happy Thanksgiving
3: all right thank you very much
2: and there he goes, Andrew Van Ginkle. I want to play some audio from earlier in the week. We had some coaches talking about Andrew Van Ginkle on the, their media availabilities on Tuesday, as well as Coach Flores, just talking about what this guy brings to the table. Let's go ahead and start here first with his position coach, or one of his position coaches, and Dolphins linebacker coach, Anthony Campanelli.
1: Um, he's, he's just such an extremely detailed guy, You know, always looking for uh, extra tips. Uh, and like I said earlier in the season, he's constantly doing extra work. Um, and every little bit of information you give that guy, um, you know, he puts it to good use. You can see him trying to work it on the field. Um, and he's, he's all over pretty much all the coaches, you know, whether it's, uh, myself, coach Hobbs, coach Crossman, uh, you know, uh, coach Clark, Robbie letter, Josh Boyer, everybody. Um, and, and I think everyone really, uh, appreciates that on the team and on the staff. And he's just a, uh, He's a really diligent worker and and, uh, really a great person, too.
2: It's really cool to hear coaches talk about that a couple years after the fact because I remember when he was coming out of college and I wrote my story for LockedOnDolphins.com at the time talking about how adept he was at recognizing route combinations and finding his spot in zone drops or in man coverage and getting himself in the right position to make a play. And you see that play out in his NFL tape, whether it's against the pass or against the run or as a pass rusher. Perfect compliment there from Coach Campanelli. You heard him talk about Coach Clark. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach Austin Clark who actually knew Van Ginkle back in those college days at South Dakota.
1: I can not tell you, I, I do have a little bit of a preconceived notion. I actually remember Gink when he was coming out of a JUCO uh, when I was at Southern Cal. And, uh, you know, I joked him, he was, a, you know, a highly recruited JC guy. And, uh, you know, we, we get a good laugh out of that. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely exceeded all expectations. Um, I've not really known him, getting to know him personally and how he approaches every aspect of the game and, and really just, you know, h- how he operates, how he's wired, uh, tough, smart, physical guy um, that, that is a team first, you know, te- he's becoming a technician, I think, on the field. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's seeing the fruits of his labor, and I think he's only going to continue to get better. Everything he's done physically, I think, in, uh, in terms of just – if you took last season to this season, I know that was something he said, you know, that he – from the, from the minute I met him, when I got here, he says, Hey, I want to become more physical. He had all these goals in place from last year that he wanted to accomplish. And I think that's kind of what he's done through, uh, you know, his journey, his unique journey through uh, different colleges. And, you know, obviously he was great at Wisconsin. And um, I, I think that's exactly what you're seeing and uh, you know, he's doing a hell of a job and uh, you know, love the guy.
2: And you heard me reference earlier in the podcast with Andrew about Crossman speaking to his more juice than he lets on and talking about the work that Andrew Van Ginkle does. He also, Coach Campanelli referred to him pretty much pestering every coach he can get in front of to ask questions and find tips and apply that on the football field. One place he's making plays with the forced fumble against the Cardinals on kickoff team, a blocked punt against the Rams or against the chargers rather on the special teams unit as well. Here's coach Crossman, special teams coach for the Miami dolphins on Andrew van Ginkle.
0: He's got a little bit more uh, juice than he leads on. Uh, But you know, since we've had Andrew, he's, he's done everything we've asked you know, went through some stuff last year, and as the season progressed, the more we put on his plate, he was able to handle it, and I, I think you, you see where that's picked up this year, both in the kicking game and defensively. Uh, you know, we're, we're asking a lot of him, and he's, he is producing at a high level.
2: And how about his defensive coordinator, and Josh Boyer, who I asked earlier this week about the big playability of Andrew Van Ginkle and how he's put himself in position to make those plays. Here's Josh Boyer on the Dolphins linebacker, Andrew Van Ginkle.
3: I, I think w- with with Andrew in particular, I think one thing that, that shows up with him is his work ethic, I think his effort on the field to finish plays. Um, one, he's putting himself in good position, and two, he's finishing plays. And I think that's a carryover from the time he puts in in the classroom, the time he puts in a practice, and how hard he practices. And I think he's seeing some results with that.
2: So there you have it, straight from the Dolphins coach's mouth. Andrew Van Ginkle, what a fun player he's been to watch so far early here in his Miami Dolphins career two years in, almost two full years in here, as 2020 gets closer and closer to the end. Let's go ahead and spin this thing forward to Thursday morning media availability for head coach Brian Flores. And he starts by addressing Tua Tungavailoa showing up on the Wednesday injury report. Here's coach.
0: Yeah, he got, he got banged up a little bit. Look, he's a tough kid. He's going to do everything he can now. Uh, from a treatment standpoint, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, mean, I don't think this is something that uh, we're, uh, you know, too, too worried about. I think we're just going to continue to treat it. And yeah, he got, he got dinged up in practice.
1: Uh,
0: so, but he's, he's, uh, he's getting treatment and you know he's better today. So we'll see how it goes.
2: From one rookie at quarterback to another along the offensive line. Coach was asked specifically about Robert Hunt and how much, Playing time on Sundays has helped accelerate his development at the offensive line position, but coach took an opportunity to say that that's really the case for all the rookies in this team. All the players in this team snaps and experience can always help.
0: I think anytime you, you get experience in game, um, you develop, you know, that's everyone that's players It's coaches, it's officials, it's chain crew, you know, that's everybody. So, uh, I think playing. Um, I mean, that's the best way to to really improve, you know, get experience of, and feel the speed and the uh, aggressiveness of, of, of uh, defensive alignment, in, in his case, uh, see secondary pressures, different different pressures, and, uh, he, he, and he maybe sees from us. You know, corners coming, safety's coming. I think it, it, think he's definitely improved, uh, as well as a lot of our, our young players, offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game. Playing, playing helps for sure.
2: Let's keep it rolling here for a question for Coach about another coach on his staff and linebackers coach Anthony Campanelli. He was asked about the energy Coach brings, as we all hear every every other Tuesday on the, uh, the Review podcast, where he talks about food and, and family and football and all the good stuff that goes on in his life. Here's Coach talking about Anthony Campanelli, but also his entire coaching staff.
0: Yeah, Camp's a, a good young coach. Um, we got a lot of good young coaches on his team. Yeah, he brings a lot of juice and enthusiasm. I think, uh, you know, anytime you can, you know, bring energy to the team, I mean, that's always a good thing. Look, it's a tough, if it's a tough sport, it's demanding. We ask a lot of the players. So, you know, I, you know, we try to tell the coaches, and if you, there's any way you can make it fun, then you know, feel free. Um, Camp does a good job, and, you know, we're happy to have him on, on the staff uh, as well as everyone on the staff. I think we – all these guys work hard. It's important to them. Uh, they they do their best to try to put the players in, in, in positions to uh, to have success. I think we're you no know, different than the players. You know, look, this is his first year in the National Football League, so, you know, to, to Omar's question, previous question, you know, every game is um, – Experience for him and other guys uh, who have not coached in, in this in this league. Um, a lot of our guys have college experience. And, uh, you know, again, honestly, hearing some of those things that they did. In, in, you know, whether it's at Michigan with uh, Camp or uh, Cal with uh, GA or West Virginia with Robbie Brown. Just hearing some of the things uh, they did you know, when they were in college. I mean, I'm, I'm open to all those suggestions. So it's
2: been good. Let's go ahead and finish up here on this Thanksgiving edition of drive time from a great long answer from coach about leadership and the importance of leadership in your organization. He was asked specifically about what can, what type of difference can a solid leader at the top of the organization do compared to a team that maybe isn't as successful as far as that leadership on that particular program, the importance of leadership. And coach says, of course, it's not just about one person.
0: I, I, I don't think it's, it's ever about one person. Not in football at least. I think it's about a collection of, uh, of people, ownership, head coach, GM, assistant coaches, players, equipment. Uh, you know, I've, it's a team game on the field. Honestly, I think it's a team game from a organizational standpoint as well. So I think we need leadership from everybody. I can't, you know, begin to tell you, you know, what goes on in the equipment room, what goes on from a field crew standpoint, but I do know that if, you know, we don't have leadership from a, you know, a grounds crew standpoint, we can't go out there and practice because we won't have, the, you know, we won't have lines and numbers and things of that nature. So I think you need leadership across the board, you know, I think. You know, Steve Ross and Tom Garfinkel and Chris, I think we, myself, we try to, um, as much as we can, encourage leadership and let guys do their jobs you know, across the board, because you know, I'm not going to sit here and you know, tell Joe Cimino, you know how we should set up, you know, locker rooms on the road. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't know the first thing about that. Um, I, I could probably come up with some ideas, but they'd probably be wrong because I don't – I've never done it. Um, so, you know, to, to answer your question, I don't ever think it's about one person. You know, I think once you start going down the one person is the end-all be-all, I mean, you just can't – no one person can do everything in a football organization. There's just too many things going on, you know, from personnel to equipment to training to – nutrition to you know medical I mean it's but what what we can do is encourage leadership and let everyone be um, let's call it the head coach in their area Um, so you know Josh Grizzard is the head coach of the receivers and Kyle Johnson's the head coach of the training room in the medical department and so on and so forth and try to encourage that leadership and let those guys lead in their, in their respective uh, realms and trust that, 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 um, that they're, they're going to do a good job. And I think our job um, from the job from an ownership standpoint is to have a vision for how we want things done and express that vision. And then trust that guys will, will try to, uh, put that put that vision in action long-winded long-winded answer to I'm not sure if that really gets gets to what you were looking for but
2: and so there you go you heard coach kind of laugh there about the grounds crew at the practice facility and Davey man those guys work hard they are they're out there all the time getting stuff put together putting the lines down getting the seat on the grass and I I kind of always walk by with a, a nod of respect to those guys and how hard they work to get that practice field ready for the Dolphins every single day throughout the course of the week. All right, guys, that's going to be my time on this Thanksgiving edition of the Drive Time Podcast. I want to wish all of you out there a happy Thanksgiving, both from myself and the Miami Dolphins organization. Uh, Enjoy your football today. Enjoy your food. Enjoy your family. A little joke or, I guess, funny element of the Ravens and Steelers game getting postponed till Sunday. Literally five minutes before that breaking news occurred, I told my wife, I cannot wait to watch that game on Thursday night. I'm looking forward to it so much. And then, boom, on the scroll, breaking news, Steelers and Ravens postponed. So, hey, enjoy it the best way you can. we got two games, two football games on this Thursday ahead of a great weekend of action. And, of course, if you missed the preview uh, podcast here on the Wednesday edition of Drive Time. Check that out. We have flashback tomorrow. Plenty of content up on MiamiDolphins.com. In the meantime, you all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Do not miss this week's episode of the Fish Tank Podcast with Devon Bess. That's published and up right now for you wherever you get your podcast from. Check out the Audible as well as MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.